Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, number 146. I'm your host, David Palermo. If you don't already, please subscribe on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. There's a lot of wonderful podcast apps out there like Overcast, Stitcher. So check any of those out. Subscribe on Google Play as well. Tune in radio, wherever. If there's a spot you want to see it, hear it, whatever you want to call this, audio experience, let me know. Shoot me an email, davidnumbillsfan.com. Also, don't forget the Tampa Bay game. I'm giving away a ticket. If you're not a creep, you can come meet me at my house. I'll give you a ride in the blue van. You can ride along with celebrities like Jeff Knight, the powerful Jeff Knight. That's right. The accountant Jeff Knight. Okay. Featured on a couple post-game podcasts. If you don't know Jeff Knight, you should know Jeff Knight. Also featuring Drunk Dean and his wonderful girlfriend, Stephanie. She is a, uh, you know, like Mother Teresa of the van because she has to take care of Dean. And I don't care if Dean's drunk. My rule is you want to get drunk and be an asshole or not. You just want to be drunk. It's like you've unleashed the shackles for me to just do what I want. And if you're impeding my progress home, I don't give a fuck. I got like a 10 minute limit. You know, I'll show you where we park. Five, 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 twenty A. Now don't take up my spots. If you see that there's no spots left and the blue van isn't there, leave me a spot. I ain't pimping out this place for spots and not getting my own spot. So don't take my spot. A little respect between the trees and back right in there. It's a good time. Cause I like to go park there and then walk by all the traffic. And support your local homies. What are you doing? So anyways, if you're not a creep, take you in the van. There could be some other celebrities, maybe Tim Avery, maybe Phil Bedoin. You never know. Um, And if you're nice enough, I also have another ticket because I'm such a slacker. I pay the season tickets for three, and then I don't do anything with them. And sometimes I'll go to games alone. So if you want to help support the podcast, it's all I'm looking to do is you know, get some support underneath the podcast. I'll show you a good time, but not really. I'm kind of boring. I don't drink too much. You can have a good time. But if you went back to the van in 10 minutes after I'm waiting there, you got a 10-minute window, okay? Now, if I get contact from you, that window can be extended. But if you don't answer your phone, you're kind of left for dead, and you got to get a ride home or back to my house to pick up your car. You know, there's nice services like... I'm not going to mention them because they're not paying me. Or you could pay me extra money and maybe I'll come back and get you. Whatever you want to do. Anyways, so you could come to the game with me, hang out with the homies. We'll check out the Red Pencil Tailgate. Definitely take you to that experience. I try to make it there every time. I don't always. Sometimes I end up rolling into the game at like 11.30, catch up with the boys in the grass slot real quick. And next thing you know... 1215, got to get to the gate because gate two is always clocked because, you know, Andy Major will go on and tell you on the Murphy show, oh, hey, um, yeah, you know, you just got to go around. It's no big deal. Okay, well, whoever designed the complex decided to have like a media gate only that lines straight directly up off of 20A by the field house. And there's a lot of fans on that side too. So uh, it's kind of ridiculous that gate two used to be a problem. I don't I think it's gate two. I don't have any problems anymore. 
I've been kind of lucky. And by the way, shout out to those people over there at the stadium because they do a wonderful job. And this year has been really easy with the uh, securities and all that just getting through. So it's been really nice. You know, it's been very efficient, I should say. Still top notch. And uh, to the staff over there, too, it's, it's great that you're serving beer later. I love it. I mean, that's just be maniacs. Make my driving home easier down the back roads. I ain't telling you my secret route. But, all right. So, pretty much, leave a five-star review. Shoot me an email, davidnumbillsfan.com, with your screenshot. Or hit me up on Twitter Instagram. And you can come to the game with me. Or meet me there. I'll get you a ticket. And we can hang out if you want. All right? Just don't be creepy, please. Don't be weird. Only room for one weirdo, and that's me. Okay, so if you don't follow Numb Bills fan everywhere, thank you. Subscribe. And also, we're on GrandstandSportsNetwork.com. Best View in Sports. A bunch of cool podcasts with sports involved. Sports, sports, sports. Good stuff. Check out Rock Pile Report. Another good show. Cover One has a nice podcast primarily about the draft and always locked on Bills with our boys, Kevin Masseri and um, Nate Geary. Love Nate Geary. Good stuff. Uh, another guy, Quinn. Um, and as always, Eric Turner. And lastly, don't forget, Punch Drunk Sports. Shoot them a follow on Twitter at Punch Drunk. And there's three comedians. Ari Shafir, who has a comedy special out on Netflix called Double Negative. Make sure you check that out. Also check out Sam Tripoli's new podcast, Tinfoil Hat. Really awesome. My mind gets blown. I have learned that some people think that the moon is hollow, but really maybe listen to it and don't listen to it in the dark because it's creepy. That podcast creeps me out. I had to do laundry, washing my stinky hockey gear I forgot to take out of the bag yesterday. I'm in my basement and I brought my two dogs down there because, you know, they have a good sense of the dark world, the dark sun. Okay. So don't even get me started. Anyways, also um, Jason Tivo, he is on. He works on DirecTV's Red Zone channel, and he knows a lot of information about football. So clearly, check him out, Jason Tivo on Twitter, and he has a comedy album coming out called "The Return to the Red State." Um, so check that out. So also on the line, we got coming in here, my buddy. Greg from Rochester, if you don't know, Greg is an old wrestling teammate, pretty cool dude, and we reconnected through Facebook Live, and uh, I was like, wow, that's Greg. All right, and if you read the title, um, I have Greg on the line, and real quick, some people do like format, so I guess I'll go through a few things of what we're going to talk about. Um, Sean McDermott, real quick, comparing him maybe to Chip Kelly, um, then offensive line, Shady McCoy, the run game opens up the pass game. And if you listen to Steve Tasker, completing passes opens up the run game. And, um, you know, where do we sit with Sammy Watkins not being on the team? So that's pretty much going to be the progression. Um, So Greg is going to have the ball in his court for a little bit. And um, pretty much what are you telling me earlier today with uh, Sean McDermott and whatever? So hi, Greg. Hey, hey, Dave, how you doing? Well, yeah, 
you know, I watched this game and it, be, you know, it, it became very clear to me that McDermott and Dennison are doing to the offense what Rex did to the defense, which is take these guys out of the scheme that worked and it's, and it's messing the team up. They went from this zone blocking scheme that's not working. And not only that, he's taking it one step too far. And this is where the Chip Kelly comparison comes in is he's, he's taking guys out that aren't quote unquote, his guys and putting in guys that he likes to fit his scheme, you know, for the sake of, I want a guy that fits my scheme, not based on what's better for the team right now. And, and, and moves like, you know, incognito is invisible, you know, sitting Cordy Glenn when he's healthy for a rookie is, is stupidity to me. And then taking out Mills for Ducasse, who everybody has watched be terrible. Don't tell me he's been looking good in practice. He's been bad. These are his guys that he prefers that are not as effective as the guys that all these horses, he didn't trade these guys away on the offensive line. They're all there. And I like a lot of the things he's done. I like the draft capital they've, they've collected, but I think they've taken this one step too far of plug and play my guys at all costs. If we had the running game from last year, these chunk plays that Michelle McCoy was so good at most yards, most runs over 20 yards. That, that was our game plan. And if we had that working in the Carolina game and the and Cincinnati game, We'd be undefeated right now. And that was something you didn't have to touch to be to be good at. We were top five two years in a row. And we have basically the same offensive line. And you always hear people talk about continuity on the offensive line. And we're screwing that up for I don't know why. For Dennison, for our third choice at offensive coordinator to put in his scheme. You know, we have a rich owner. We have we have a a, a up-and-coming young off- uh, offense or defensive-minded coach, he, they need to make a change. I know they say don't make a change. It didn't hurt us last year when Anthony Lynn went in two weeks in. Go back to the scheme with the offensive line that worked. We, I, I'm done with it. We need to run the ball, and these guys are more than capable of running and moving the ball on the ground, which we all know will open it up for our less-than-stellar right, let me, let, me let, let me pause you. Let me pause you because no, 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 I want to no, no. rebuttal on the the – the the chip dermot thing we're doing here so okay. you know um because I, I like exactly what you railed down i just wrote down a couple notes of what you were talking and um you know i coined the phrase to people who are regulars on this or i guess we can call them now ogs uh deacon and i used to call doug marone doug moron and the reason we coined that phrase is because Chan Gailey took a team with bums, straight up bums, on the offensive side of the ball, got laughed at in league circles or, or to the fans, that he, specifically Buffalo Rumblings. I remember reading, getting laughed at. His opening play was the pistol, you know, like in the pistol yep. formation, which is old school ball. But at the same time, I, I mean, look at it now. I mean, it, shoot, it's like it really is a copycat league, and, and it's like not for nothing. Um, Doug Marone comes in, and they, I don't know if it was Whaley or who, they decided to get rid of Fitzpatrick. And in hindsight, uh, Hackett thought that Fitz was going to be here. And, you know, say what you want about Steve Johnson. Uh, show me another receiver that's been consistently healthy and has 1,000-yard se- seasons three times in a row, yet one time. I mean, well, the Bills have not had that. And, and the biggest thing I judge with coaches, and I do not want to pass the torch, and here I am gushing over McDermott the first few weeks. And, and honestly, I do love I, I love the work ethic, and, I, and I'm here to support him, honestly, Greg. Like, I really do. But I will say you. my testament to the character of man's intelligence or woman's whatever you want to put there. Don't hang me on some freaking pronouns or whatever you want to call gender stuff. Um, look, I want to see how you do 
with what's worked before. You had a, I've been calling this guy, not to steal your thunder, but I've been saying this the last few podcasts. Beware. You're switching that offensive line from pretty much going from fucking them up straight ahead to now we got to think and flow a little bit more. And once somebody penetrates, it's over. It's over. And if you want to hear Ruben Brown break it down, get on buffalobills.com and just listen to Ruben Brown break down the offensive line. He's the one who swayed me. I'm the, just the distrib- the distributor of information here. I don't know anything, but I will say get on YouTube, look up the differences on, you know, like schematically, it's really cool, you know, but like the power blocking scheme, you got to have great athletes. To, to, to do, you know, that's, to me, that might, I'm almost wondering if there's like a foresight, Craig, with this offensive line, which is honestly, which is kind of like where I want to transition to, which is, I wonder if they're looking into the future, like, yo, zone blocking dudes are cheaper and more affordable and easier to come by, kind of in the same side, if you were to flip the side of the ball, which is, Darrell Revis is really hard to come by, and there's not a lot of people close. But then again, as we've proven with this Bills defense, finding zone corners that can step in literally the week of the game and have a couple pass deflections is not much to ask, apparently, because the coaching is that well. So it's almost like you and I agree. It's like, hey, guys, uh, we laid the hammer down this way before. You're telling me in your notebook that you didn't have guys who can run the same scheme and, and do what we talk about cohesion with the offensive line. I'm so sick of hearing, well, it's your two with the offensive line. I'm hearing Chris Brown's beautiful voice right now. And you know, year two, it's really about gelling. Fuck that. We had the same five fucking starters and yeah, whether Glenn is healthy or not, I would take a, I would take a 70% Glenn over somebody who's a rookie. You know, like, come on. What are we doing here? Like, Dukas is that good where you can bench Miller now? I don't no, understand. No, no. He, he was benched because Dukas is their guy. They, he, he is one of those guys, I think, that he totally believes that they there's 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 guys by numbers. It's paint by numbers. You, you're this big. You run this 40. You do this best press. This is your role. And they're trying to fill it. Now, we all know I that I don't this know. Year, I don't know, Greg, because I'll be honest. Now, people who have watched the film, please don't crucify me. I did not watch the game again. And, Greg, I will say I did key in on Dukas, and I thought he did what he was asked of him in the run-blocking game, honestly. I thought he was a big boy who really did move people and did not end up really on the ground. So, like, I, I you know what I mean? And it's like the he whole right did, side of the line was he just... He didn't create holes. There was no room to run. He was getting blasted. Right. He was getting blasted. I I, I mean, there, I, I just look at the results. I didn't key on him. I keyed on just like the whole overview of the line getting smashed in the mouth in the second half. I mean, it was. Don't you know it, what's time? Eight guys in the box. Eight guys in the box all year last year, and our scheme was able to overcome creating space. There was there. Another thing is is there was no creativity. There's no bootleg this way. Get the guys running two different ways. Did you see Kansas City running their offense with Tyreek Hill coming across and Hunt going one way and Eric rolling out? We not getting these guys moving around. This is pin your ear back, key in on your best player. Could not be easier to defend, in my opinion, and it's getting worse and worse without any any downfield threat. And, and, and if you're LaShawn McCoy, are you not ready to go in there and flip the fucking table right now? Like, guys, what are we doing? You got Richie Incognito, 
rated one of the best guards in football, and you have a cohesive five guys who probably can wipe each other's fucking ass and knew knows which guy's fart came from who. And no, we're not going to keep those guys together. We're going to force these guys in there. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, it, it's one thing to, to sell me that like, all right, well, look, at least we got something for Sammy Watkins, yada, yada, yada. You know what? My friend Mike Sawyer, bless his soul. I, I, I see him every day. He's a great kid. Kid, he's a man. Uh, he's a great man. And, and, you know, he's telling me today, he's like, Dave, they're fucking rebuilding, man. They're fucking rebuilding. I've seen this yeah. in hockey so many times. They're rebuilding. They depleted their resources. And it's like, you know, man, exactly. Jordan Matthews is a number fucking two. Yeah. Uh, two you know what I'm saying? Dave. Dave, I'm with you. They are rebuilding. He was playing the game of rebuild and try to win. And we were there. We got our draft capital. We've, we've gotten our salary cap in much better position. Sammy Watkins was selfish. Sammy Watkins was greedy, to, dude. We didn't have to screw with the offensive line, bro. We didn't need to. We don't need to. We can instantly go back to somebody and change some schemes. These guys will perk up and play. You know, I've, I've seen the things on Pro Focus where, where Incognito's rating is out of this world. And he's like a top five guy. I don't see him. Last year, I seen him five yards downfield laying a block that would spring a 20-yard run three times a game. This is not the same scheme. So I, I can see that he's rated good for this scheme or whatever. It's useless to me because they're not effective. It doesn't work. If you can rate good and I still think you're invisible, it's it's pointless. And I'm I, I'm – I'm upset. They're going to continue to lose games. These these offenses are not creative enough, and the scheme is not effective enough for this offense to move the ball. Tyrod had the ball. My buddy said to me at the end of the game, he's like, oh, here's Tyrod's chance to you know earn his money and be our quarterback for next year. He had no chance that last drive. Dude. That's not what kind of quarterback he is. They would have won the game easy if they're running the ball. If they're running the ball and keeping the ball out of their hands and being effective and scoring field goals and just inching away, it's an easy game. All you have to do is have a couple run plays, a couple chunk plays. And every time, and, and I'll tell you the other thing, the only time LaShawn McCoy breaks free, it's when a guy holds. He's had four or five runs this year where he breaks it for 10 or 15, and it's a penalty every time. You, that is a you heartbreaker. Know, you know I'm sitting over here on my tinfoil head. I go, no, that's a conspiracy against the league, man. Dude, <laughs> no, man, no, man. And, and, dude, to be honest, like, I'll be fucking real with you too, Greg. That Bengals game, I don't think it was a, an objectively ref game. It's almost like they need somebody to, to, to show some promise in, in the North. I don't understand. I Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know what it is. I'm out of my mind. I, whatever. You know, but it's like. Yeah, dude, I, I, I'm, it's not, like, I'm come not seeing on. that, dude. I'm not seeing that. I see a team that that was easy, was very predictable, and was not and was not willing to to change what they were doing. That to me is that to me is a more important narrative. But one narrative I do want to put out there, I uh, I went on a tirade on Twitter, getting into it with people, and it's like, you know, Tyrod is who he is. At the same time, Greg, we saw with the shitty defense. What they could do last year with Tyrod and everything and with the Sammy Watkins out injured half the year, usually every year, right? So, you know what? Even if Sammy's only out there for five fucking games, that's five games of rolling a safety towards him, okay? Yeah. And, and that's five more games of a wrinkle. Are you telling me that Rex Burkhead is not going to make a difference in New England? We're not going to hear about him. And then one week we're going to hear maybe Gillisley will do something again. I mean, we already heard about Gillisley. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, you follow, it's like, I, I look at these guys, like you're moving out little chess pieces. You're moving out little chess pieces, pieces with names and not for nothing. 
you know, we're going to have to be patient with Zay Jones. And most of the time when his number is called, I can't. Is it an errant pass from Tyrod or was dude not in the right spot? I don't know. But I do know Tyrod's record, and I do know that the Bills put up a lot of points with a lot less opportunity last year with the yeah, crappy think, defense. Let me let me say this about Tyrod. He he needs that running game to be an effective uh-huh. Tyrod. Uh-huh. It, it, whenever there's not whenever the chunk plays are not coming, he doesn't throw the ball well. I mean, I can I can picture one game, and that was the Seattle where, where's game where, the, he, where's was, the where read he was option? able to do it. Where's the read option? Yeah. Where's the creativity with him? You, if, if he can get if he can get some space, I, I can't believe they didn't have him in the second half. It was so obvious in the second half there was no downfield threat. Zay Jones, you're put all the pressure in the world on Zay Jones. You know when Zay Jones will be effective? I promise you, the next time he has a good game is the next time that Shady has has, you know, sixty yards in the first quarter, in the first half. When when Shady is busting off, all of a sudden, Zay Jones is going to catch three balls for 60 yards and a touchdown. I promise you that's when it's going to happen. It's not going to come in a game where they're completely stuffing the front line and Tyrod is sitting back there gazing the field and, and, and looking for Zay. That's not going to be when he gets his confidence up and, and bust out. Yep, it's it, going to be in a game where the offense is flowing. And there's no flow because we don't have that superstar on the outside. You know, And even Clay, like he, he wasn't going to do that all year. Teams are going to find a way after four games to scheme to slow that down. If it's it's all scheme. They've got to they've got to go back to what worked because you know really that game where there was no creativity moving him around, trying to get him to run a little bit, you know, trying to get trying to get that run game going. Or it, I knew it was in the second half. It was so obvious that it was just boring, blah, not going to be effective, you, not going to win. You this know game. how you solve this problem, Greg. You know okay. how you really, you know how you really solve this problem in 2017, and I really mean this. And if stories come out, mark the date. It's uh, I don't know what the fucking date is. I'm so dude, I've been so like bummed out about this game that honestly I've been working late um just sorting through it and it's like talking to you it's like you've been in the conversations with my buddy Tom McKillie the drywall contractor that I bust shots with and it's like man it, it, it's like we're we're at a loss for words and, and and I'll be real with you you know I'm getting shredded on Twitter oh he has no chemistry with Matthews I mean Matthews doesn't even have any receptions. And it's like, you don't get it. It's, an again, another chess piece, another chess piece, another wrinkle. I mean, you know, they what I did like about the offense is they were actually starting to move things around a little bit. You know what I mean? Like they, I, I like, thought like, there was a decent foundation that they could build on week in, week out. But all of that came around with me thinking the running game was going to come around. Yeah, me And after too. the move they've made, I have zero faith in it. These guys are not going to get it together. The can, line can they I, can I, oh, 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 you know how they solved this problem, Greg? That's what I was getting at? Yeah. Because uh, my take is so good. I'm calling it right here on the 11th of Wednesday right of 2017, yeah. October, baby. And I I'm think. telling you right now, telling you right now, the, the, the whole offensive staff gets in the room with the players and their coach. Actually, maybe the whole team. And they go, what can we do? The captains get together. What can we do here? Guys, here's what I'm saying. Well, how do you feel? Well, I know that offensive lineman acts. You know, you got to get somebody from each position group and that, that's trusted. You know, maybe that's Tyrod with the whole offense. But, like, their offensive line and the coaches need to really be like, guys, you figure it out. And it's, I don't think it's going to happen because apparently in the notebook or something, maybe there's the answer because, uh, aren't they practicing through like Thursday or something this week? I don't know. 
Like, I don't know their schedule. But dude, how much respect would McDermott come out if they came in and just completely went back to their to their blocking scheme that they had? It's not happening, dude, game. because I know Deion not, Dawkins has been trained play. to do this. Ducas has never done the, it. Yo, that's the yeah, fuck Ducas, dude. We don't need Ducas. Who cares about Ducas? Bill I know. Put, put Groy in there. And that's the thing, is like uh, that was another thing. They don't like Groy. Groy's a holdover. He's their backup center. They're playing the book on that. No, no, They're, no, no. They extended his contract, man. They they like or not extended. They match the offer from the Raiders. They want Groy. Groy is Groy could be the future. I'm telling you, Groy. I think is the backup center. Groy is Groy's. I mean, you got. Well, I thought he was going to be our starting dude, center what, next what, year. What if what if Eric Wood, Wood becomes the backup? Maybe that's why they extended Eric Wood. I don't know. Maybe they extended Eric Wood honestly to save money in case they want to cut him. Who knows what the deal is? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. what I'm saying here, Greg is. Is I think it's a very tall fucking task to ask them to do that. But what can you do? You can sit down with your offensive line coach and your offensive coordinator and your head coach and the quarterback and somebody from the wide receiver group and somebody from the tight end group or the whole fucking team and go, hey, guys, what can we do here? Let's figure this out together because everybody knows in that room what they're capable of. And it's time to figure it out. It's really unfair when an idiot can tell what fucking play they're going to run. It's like watching the Duran offense days, dude. It's well, really dude, boring. Hey, hey, it's, like, it's like this. It's, it's not going to get better. And it's like we've had a lot of the same pieces that was a great part of a great 50-plus sack team two years ago. They changed the scheme, same horses for the most part. The defense sucks. It's sporadic, and it's not something you can count on. And why? Because they're putting square pegs in round holes. It's not working. So either you change, you know, use all those seven picks for for a new offensive line next year in the draft and start over, or go back to the one thing that worked. For me, it's not that hard to to implement a scheme that worked from last year. At this point, they tried something new. It's it's a disaster. We have a playoff caliber defense. We have a quarterback who protects the ball and and does some things, but he needs that run game. And you, you Greg, just said they're not going to go a, back. It's not so that, I, for dude, me. You're, that's a tall me, task. In, that's not happening. That's a tall task. Right. Right. Okay, so let's let's do that. They're not going to do what I think they should do and go back to the scheme last year because I don't think it's such a tall task. I think it's pretty easy to implement the scheme that these guys have done for, for two years in a row. So I don't think it's as big as a dramatic change as you're making it out to be. I think they could implement what that. What about the receivers? You know what I mean? It's like. What about the receivers? Uh, Our receivers are dude, garbage. I, Zay Jones is a rookie. Change him on the fly. Work in three routes that that work for him. I don't. I don't think that's the Clay. Clay worked in in both systems. Clay's effective in both systems. I I don't think that's an issue. Like, but they're not going to do it. So, my thing on that is, if they're not going to change the run game to make it effective, give it another week or two. And if it gets stuffed in the face, then I'm in for get rid of Tyrod and really do, get back to the tank. Because if you're not going to run the ball, you're not going to go far. You're you're a seven to nine win team, and you're not making the playoffs. And it sucks because if you're with a run game, this this team can win 10 to 12, 11 games easily, I think. They should be undefeated. And, so and you know what's crazy is the Bills, the Bills are looking for a, a running back allegedly now, and it's like, are you fucking kidding? Are you yeah. fucking kidding? That this is, is another what I Chip hear? Kelly move. Dave, Dave, that is another move to, to for Chip Kelly. That getting rid of Williams in, in favor of, uh, of what uh, what's his name, the fat guy, our running back. Um, Tolbert. Tolbert. That is a Chip Kelly-esque move. You have a young guy who's not costing a lot, who's very effective and ready to bust out. Fans are excited about, eh, uh, he, I don't, he, he does. I don't like something about him. Cut, can I, can I tell my you, guy who doesn't fit. Can I tell you some fucking bullshit? I think, and it's bullshit, and I'll call it right now on the yeah. Murph show. I understand. I, I will always back Murph and those guys. Okay, 
because yeah. I, I really like those guys. And they're in a weird spot where people are calling in and saying the exact shit we are. And they're kind of like, well, you know, you kind of. And it's like, guys, you know as well as I do because Ruben Brown comes in here and just fucking goes blasphemy. You know what I mean? <laughs> just blast it. And it's like, they, I don't ever think they told the line. But, dude, I'll tell you what, man. Like, I, 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 I think that it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy to think that, like, you know it, that that they're not being cocky, Greg. I kind of lost my point here. I'm fucking retired. We're talking about we're talking about we're talking about Jonathan Williams, and you had a point about Jonathan Williams and what you thought they were. You know what the the letting oh, him oh, go oh, in favor oh, of this oh, okay, guy. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry, dude. So what I was yeah. trying to tail into there is is and, and articulate this correctly is. You know, they brought up a point of, you know, hey, we're going to have to sacrifice talent to get the good guys in here, okay? So that way they know the process. Man, fuck the process. Talent wins the fuck out, and I've been trusting the fucking process, but on this side of the ball, I have not trusted the process when the whole basis of football is make the offense one-dimensional, and what have they fucking done? They've made the offense no-dimensional, and it's like you guys are being really crazy maybe spewing out some information that culture is really that important and getting the right guys when you are clearly just like putting these guys in airplanes out of town and it's like yo fuck the culture because the culture is going to sacrifice us two fucking wins this year really really who was the best who was the best offensive player last week for me it was brandon it was brandon tate right he was Brandon Tate. He was running. He was running him back. He he didn't even suit up a couple games in favor of Clay, another guy. And Dunnigan, from Dunnigan makes a special team. He makes a sucks. special teams tackle. Yeah, on the kickoff yeah. right after his touchdown. Right I want to see return. more Tate. Yeah. I want to see more Tate. Hell yes. What did, what what did Tate do to deserve to not be suited up in that Carolina game? I don't I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I've never heard of him being a bad guy or anything. He's a team guy who doesn't suit up, and all he does is everything you ask. Why does he get second fiddle to Clay, who is just a holdover that McDermott knew from before? You, I like the, I like the culture stuff. I like the draft capital, but for me, it's too much, too fast, and they're taking it one step too far. They could have changed scheme over on defense. They could have gotten rid of some riffraff and slowly, just a little bit slowly, implemented their system a little bit later while while using what we what we have and, here that works. And they already had they already had some inside zone and outside zone. Run plays, if I'm not mistaken. I don't want to be all technical and talking what I don't know, but they, you know, if you talk about them offensively the last couple of years, it was a quote unquote hybrid offense. So, what's it tell you? There's power schemes and zone schemes. So, I mean, why not just implement? You know, we did see them, credit to the coaching staff, we did see them two games ago start having Richie Palmore. You know, they, it, it's like they're listening. And credit to McDermott, they do tend to make some adjustments, you know, and, and, even offensively, they do. Like Tyrod McDermott's, McDermott's a defensive guy, and Dennison might just be in over his head. He wasn't the first choice. I don't, I don't, I don't know if this guy is. I mean, I've heard good things, things about quarterbacks and stuff, but you know, I don't know. There was no creativity yesterday. The the run game, they can script 15, 20 plays of last year's playbook to, for an opening drive to get that running game going and scare teams. There's things that they can do, and I don't think they're going to do it. Well, which just really if, puts a damper on this season for me. If you, I'm just. I don't have any faith without that running game humming that this team is going to be anything more than in every week and coming up short a lot because Tyrod doesn't have the, you know, he, he just, it's not in him to gunsling at the last couple of drives. And that's, if you're going to be a close team where you're going to fight it out with a good defense and play close, 
You need that quarterback that can just slang it at the end of the game. Dude, and that's the one thing he's not. I thought he actually slung it more at the end of this game than ever in the coverage. Are you kidding? Like, I, I really thought, like, Dude, holy he shit. It, he, he threw it into triple coverage 10 feet over Zay's head. That's what he's going to do when he's got to air it out. I, I don't have faith that he's going to be able to, to muscle it down the field. And if he does a game, great, but he's not going to do it four games to, to become, to, you know, to get you in there. He's not going to do it multiple games. How are we going to find guys who get separation? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, honestly, and, and credit to Tyrod Taylor for trying to consistently throw it to Zay Jones and, and everybody else. I mean, he had a perfect little touch pass to LaShawn McCoy, and the guy just drops the ball, and I understand it was a wet ball as well. You know, at the same time, it's like, come on, man. Like, he, he does have a few drops. I sound like the Tyrod apologist, but it's like, I kind of just try to look at these games objectively, and I just can't crush Tyrod all the time because even Aaron Rodgers has an errant pass. Matt Ryan, <laughs> Brady, you know, but it's you like we definitely do hone in. I'm not, dude, I'm not comparing him. I'm just saying we yeah. put it under a microscope a lot easier because it is a Bills quarterback. I'm just saying he's not the worst. We've seen the we've seen worse no, four no. years prior. I'm just saying, no. like, I, I understand we can get better. I get that, dude, of fucking dude, course. He's a, Super Bowl, he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, in my opinion, if you have a top five defense and a really good running game. Because then he can, when he's got the running game going, he can improvise on dirt. Different can we plays. just build up his confidence? You know what I'm saying? It's like he's trying to be a fucking pocket passer. He doesn't have a line in front of him. He doesn't have a run game to depend on. They don't even let him try to get out in space to really run much. And it's like, fuck, man, it's all just a hodgepodge. And, and, and now we got these guys just dropping like flies at the receiver position where it's like, come on. Well, dude, dude, he was hanging in that pocket and not reading the pocket well at all this game. I mean, there's, hey, there's you know what, though? he could have moved he, around he to get still it done. Got he has his limitations. He's, he's not- exactly. He could have slid L, the one where the tackles are just chilling right next to him. It's like, yeah, yeah, he should have stepped up in that pocket. And, you know, that's what he's got to work on. But what I do like, not to be a and homer. Have you, have you seen the overheads with open receivers from this game downfield where he's just dancing no, around? and not not, even. Uh, Dude, I've seen like three or four of them that are. And, and some of them are to Zay. It's like, what do you say to get separation? Dude, it's it's. It is not. Is it one of those game. things where his back, back and... is turned? Because sometimes no. dude, these people are no, so it's stupid. One of those things. I can't no, even look dude. at it. I it's wait for Eric things. Turner to break it down, and then well, I'm like, okay. It might have been cover one with the, the clip I saw. The thing is that he just doesn't trust to shoot it as they're coming open. They have to be wide open for him to trust it if it's downfield. Right, or anticipation. It has to be, or it has to, yeah, or it has to be like, I'm talking about like a like a 20-yard slant where you kind of cut over and you're looking at him. He doesn't trust that throw. He trusts the sideline side bombs. He trusts it when he's throwing it on the run outside and he's and he's not doing it. But from sitting in the pocket and trusting a, a guy's going to come open throw, he doesn't have it him it's just not in him and that's what you need to move the ball down i don't disagree man i don't you know dude i don't disagree so i i mean he's just severely limited so i'm i'm not down on him but if you're going to use him the the running game is a must and the scheme is not working so i'm just coming back to the same thing i I just can't get over the fact that they've they've taken the best part of the team and screwed it up based on bullshit. And this is it's, why it's not based on anything. This is why it's you got to pump decisions. the brakes. This is why you got to pump the brakes. When any, any, and ever these media homers or, or, or even fans want to go, man, they got the right guy and fucking March. Get out of here. Like, go away. 
I don't want to hear from you. Your take sucks. You got to give somebody a chance, okay? Maybe it's because you like a more professional guy, button-up guy, not a guy who's eating a cheeseburger, walking into fucking NFL, whatever the hell he is, hungover from what I hear. So, like, you know, maybe... He's not that guy, but that guy has bloodlines and eat and slept and breathed football. And football was always the renegade sport anyways for the ass clowns that just want to fuck each other up. So it's like, come on, all because it's all buttoned up or professional. Like, dude, no, no, it's all this women and children bullshit in sports. I mean, get out of here. It's sports. These guys are maniacs. Okay. This is what they do. And, and I'm in like, the middle. I'm in the middle. I'm win with the maniacs now and then switch it over as you draft and pick up players in the next couple seasons. But to do it all at once, not only have you you've ruined your scheme, you fucked with your depth on top. Yeah, but of dude, it. So people just, get attached, right? People, you gotta listen, listen to that though. Like people get attached to the dumb values, which is you know, here's just a button up guy has a notepad. Well, what if he has fucking fluffy doo doo written in that notepad? I know what my notes look like. You know, and, and and the thing is, Greg, is we're both we both wrestled in high school. Greg was like way fucking better than I could ever be, and like yeah. we both here respect McDermott and are stoked on McDermott because of that wrestling pedigree. Because to get to where the level he got to, you got to be fucking nuts. You got to be really obsessed and like running. And he probably has. 12 rubber suits still. I wouldn't be shocked if that guy wakes up at 3 a.m. to fucking run in a rubber suit because Ron Rivera isn't, and Andy Reid definitely wasn't or ever so I gotta, will. I got to admit I like that. Hey, I got to roll. Great talk. I love the podcast. I'll catch you next time, bro. All right. That's Greg from Rasha. Thanks, Greg. Yep. See ya. See ya. All right. Well, that's a squeak for you. <laughs> that's Greg from Rochester. Love Greg. Greg's a good dude. Uh, if you don't know, we were wrestling teammates in high school and then through Facebook Live. Um, you know, then he started commenting. I'm like, is this really the Greg? Huh. Okay. Cool. So it's kind of weird how everything comes full circle. And once he told me who he was, I started listening to calls on WGR even some stations here in Rochester, and Greg will call in with some of the best takes you ever heard. And he, we have an inside joke. He would always take dumps on Corey Graham. He hated Corey Graham at safety. So Greg knows his stuff, and he's very well calculated. He was a very good wrestler in high school, like very good, like really like sneaky good. So, um, you know, he's he's not dumb. He's very smart, a lot smarter than me. So it's always great to catch up with Greg. Um, and pretty much that will be the podcast for this wrap up. And um, I'm your host, David Palermo. Please follow us everywhere. Numb Bills fan. Subscribe to the podcast. If you don't, please come hit the subscribe button. And don't forget the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. I'm giving away a ticket. The way you get the ticket is subscribe to the podcast. Then leave a five-star review, preferably, please, of the podcast and send a screenshot in. Send your screenshot to Dave at numbillsfan.com or you can send it over Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, however you want. And make sure you just, if you don't have iTunes, I'm kind of in a pickle here because people are like, oh, man, I use Android. Why not Android Love? 
pretty much here. Shoot me your emails too. I'm gonna throw you in the running as well. Um, get the message out there to your friends and family if you want to round them up as well to subscribe. That would really help. I'm trying to spread a positive message here. Not really. Just trying to be objective. Um, it's great to hear from from people, and the more people we get to subscribe, the more people know about it, the better off. So I would love to take somebody to a game. And just don't be a weirdo, please. And if you're looking for me to be like some kind of like a rager, no, I'm kind of boring. Um, I don't really drink much because if you don't know, last time I drank at a game really heavy was the Steelers game. And I was in the Time Warner box and I ended up in a conversation with a sociology professor and she was blowing my mind on some shit. And I was eating sushi and prime rib and getting drunk next to my friend Tugboat MC. Hayward, if you know who he is. Um, he's a nice fella. Um, so, yeah, essentially, that's, uh, no. And I guess, like, Le'Veon Bell ran for, like, 200-plus yards, and I'm like, ugh, we had a couple of interceptions, you know. So I really don't rage. But I do take a trip down to the Red Pinto tailgate most of the time. Check it out. You get to see Nick Pop go crazy. I will send you through the, the experience, even from the get-go, from the parking experience. You know, and if you're not really that creepy, you can even come to my crib and you can ride in the blue van with us and Drunk Dean will be there. You know, we got the celebrities in the house. Drunk Dean will have Jeff Knight, Drunk Dean's girlfriend, Stephanie. She's really cool. You know, we got a good crowd. And then you get to see Dean's snap back neck. But by the way, we went to Dean's house to watch the Atlanta Falcons game. And I got to say, really proud of Drunk Dean. Dude's got it going on. And look, it's a testament to being disciplined with your drinking. So shout out to Drunk Dean. Follow him on Instagram, Clean My Sack. Um, if you want to click through Numb Bills Fan Instagram, you can find him. Uh, but no, nah, Dean's the man. Love Dean. And uh, thank you to everybody who follows along and listens. And don't forget, GrandstandSportsNetwork.com and PunchDrunkSportsNetwork.com as well. So shoot them a follow. Thank you. I'm your host, David Palermo, and this has been Numb Bills Fan Podcast number 146.